Welcome and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you're about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's our guest speaker delivering this week's sermon. We pray for everybody here. We pray for those hearts that haven't been opened up to you to just um, listen to your voice and listen to your calling, God. Um, we thank you and praise you in all things, and everybody said, amen. All right. So, I've been serving in ministry for the youth ministry for a while. I was under gym. I was serving with uh, yours. I still remember what yours stands for, Youth Operating Under a Radical Savior. And that was my start into ministry work. Um, from there, we moved to uh, opening our own youth group where I became a leader um, called The Crew. Christians, uh, Oh my gosh, Christians, youth, anybody? Christians ready, equipped, and willing. That is what the crew stands for. And I've been doing that for about two years. And I also have been playing music for a while as well. Um, Drumming, singing, you name it. I've been playing all of that stuff. So um, this is a new experience for me to be up here and talking to you guys. Um, Yeah, when Pastor Joe asked me, a lot of nerves, a lot of shakiness, but he's really guided me and helped me through this process. And he's actually really allowed me just to do my own thing. And he came up to me on a Wednesday. He's like, I'm going to tell you what to preach about. I'm going to tell you to preach about honoring your father and your mother. I was like, ooh. So throughout that week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, throughout this week, it's been attacks happen. Attacks happen throughout the week when you're getting ready to preach. Um, Fights happen, fights break down, the household starts to get attacked. Um, But God has definitely um, protected us and kept us through, even through the attacks. So, the title of our message is The Honorable Child. Um, How many of you guys consider yourselves to be honorable? I can see a show. Oh, okay. I got one. You consider yourself honorable, though? (laughs) Um, A lot of us do not see ourselves as an honorable children or as honorable children. Now most of us here don't even consider ourselves as children. We think of ourselves as individuals, as adults. Hey, I'm a grown man. I can do whatever I want. I'm an individual. Um, I'm not a child anymore. I've grown. Um, In America, you hit an age where it's like 18 or 21 where you're like, I'm going to go out into the world and tackle it by myself. I don't need my parents anymore. Um, But hopefully, as you listen to tonight's message, um, and if you don't think you're a child, hopefully you learn something through this there will be something that you can take away from this message. So um, if you guys have your Bibles, I'll have some of them on the slides. Um, We'll be looking at, this is our main text for tonight, Ephesians 6, 1 1 through 3. Um, So let's begin. Children, obey your parents in in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and may live long in the land. Right off the bat, children, obey your parents. That's hard to do. Um, We're going to look at Exodus 20.12. This is the first time we see it. Um, It's given to Moses in the Ten Commandments. I'm not used to that, and I'm getting used to this, so it's harder than it looks. (laughs) Um, Exodus 20.12. Honor your father and mother, that the days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In the Ten Commandments, we're going to obey the Ten Commandments. 
we should obey our parents. We should be honoring our father and our, our mothers. So it's really important for us to honor our parents, yet we find it so much easier to be disobe disobedient and to disobey them. Being a dishonorable child is much easier than needing to listen to them, and it is more fun. If we can all agree, it's more fun to be disobedient and be rebellious. There's a so certain point we come to as we're growing up when we're kids, we want to become independent. For here, it's 18 to 21. And I feel like the age just continues to get younger and younger. You see in the world today that kids are wanting to be more independent when they're getting younger, 16, 15, 14. They want to do their own thing. There's kids having kids in their teen years. There's teenage pregnancies. There's a mass hysteria of kids doing drugs, drinking alcohol, premarital sex. There's a bunch of kids that want to do rebellious things towards their parents. And these have become normalities to children. If they haven't done these things, they aren't considered a man. If they haven't done this thing, they're not considered a woman. When you think of manlyhood, they're challenging you to be a man on the world standards. Peer pressure from other kids plays a huge role in kids' decision-making. When a friend tells you to do something, and if you don't do it, you're, think, you're thought of as a wimp. You're thought of as somebody small. Um, but as a Christian, we're the complete opposite of that. We're really just protecting ourselves. Um, as kids, we really want to be like other people in this world, and we want to go towards those things. We live that rebellious life. And even the media idolizes kids that are rebellious kids who do stuff on their own. Um, think about the shows you watch or movies you've seen. The rebellious kids make for the most entertaining shows. For example, when I grew up, I was watching shows like Drake and Josh, maybe too, old, too young for you guys. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, maybe too young for you guys. Or even Full House. Am I getting closer to the age range? Full House. Um, there's kids. <laughs> Got to know over here. Um, those are the examples that I could think of growing up. Um, Drake and Josh, for example, they wanted, they're like, one of the first episodes is them buying a dune buggy on their own and then crashing it and then getting hurt because they were rebellious towards their parents. Or buying a video game console with their own money to just play all night and be rebellious towards their parents. Um, Sweet Life, they would always disobey their mother by going out and doing whatever they wanted. Full House, one of the episodes that I remember is, if you guys know the show, DJ wanted to work out. She tried to exercise to fit that perfect body type. So she disobeyed her parents by not drinking water, by exercising for too long, and then eventually passing out. Um, and you see that through the media today. Um, even if we go back a little bit further, The Breakfast Club, their children disobedient to um, faculty, to um, authority figures or teachers, principals, stuff like that. A lot of kids today are rebellious and wanting to turn away from fatherly figures, from authority, from leaders. Um, we want to do things on our own. When Nike says, just do it, we really just want to do it. We go out and try to do whatever we want. Um, so there's examples like that throughout history, throughout today, um, that kids are being rebellious. So my mom would always say, you realize it when you get older or when you have your own kid. Um, I think that's even more true after I started studying this. It's like, eh, I probably won't learn from that. But the more I like, thought about that, the more I'm like, oh, man, this really applies. I think I'm going to realize this when I get older, that I'll be in the same position that I put her in. 
that she's, I'm going to be stressing out by my kids running around late at night. She would actually always say this to me in times when I was rebellious. Yes, I would be here on a Sunday, but the days before that, I was pretty rebellious. Like Friday nights, I would stay out bowling really late. My mom would recognize me coming home at like 2 o'clock with my high school friends. Uh, late night card playing, uh, playing games with them till like 2 a.m. This is back in high school. Um, I was also drinking milkshakes with my high school friends. <laughs> I was not drinking alcohol. I was drinking milkshakes with my friends at Johnny Rockets at the GSR after bowling. So no, don't be worried that I was drinking alcohol at the age of 16. I was drinking milkshakes. Um, but I was out and being rebellious with my high school friends. So we're going to look at an example um, of a son who tried to take things into his own hands, but it wasn't, not, wasn't working out for the good. Um, so let's turn our Bibles. I do not have this verse written up here. So please turn your Bibles with me to Luke 15, 11 through 16. We all know the story of the prodigal son. We all know the story about a child who turned away from his father to do his own thing. And we saw what happened. So I'm reading from the English Standard Version, ESV. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property um, in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the, feeds, into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the, the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. We see here in this first section of the prophet's son, a son that got his father's inheritance, went to go do his own thing, and look what happened to him. He ended up in a pile of pigs' food. Um, I remember doing a play for one of our fundraising youth events. It was a prodigal son story, or we called it the Diggleson. Um, a tennis player would be rebellious, ask the father for money, um, and go out and do whatever they want and spent it all. Then a famine arose, and then you're ending up eating with the pigs. And that's kind of what happens when we start to disobey our parents. We start to become independent and think we can do it on our own, and we just end up falling on our face flat in the dirt. We start to um, struggle for food. We start to struggle for money. We start to struggle with clothing and housing because we realize that we couldn't do it on our own. Um, in Deuteronomy 27.16, it says... Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father, father or his mother. Cursed. Um, this was Moses telling the Israelite people that if you don't obey the Ten Commandments, you're going to be cursed. Um, so really be mindful about how you're treating your parents, how you're going around and um, talking to them the ways that they should be talked to because we're told to honor our parents, told to honor our father and our mother. And that commandment does come with a promise that we will live in this land for a long time, um, that we will be here for the long run. So what does it look like to honor our parents? We've heard about how disobedient children are, how they act and how they 
respond to their parents, how they're rebellious and acting around them. Honorable means deserving of respect or high regard, deserving of honor. To honor our parents means to obey them, respect them, and don't cause them pain. When we're thinking about honoring our parents, we need to respect them. They're higher than us. They deserve that kind of honor. Um, we have to obey them in obedience to what they're telling us to do. We don't cause them any pain. A lot of the times when we're backlashing towards them or we start to argue with them, um, even some kids maybe get physical with their parents. They cause them pain. But to be honorable, to be respectful, uh, we must not do those things. We can't cause them pain like that. So if we look at Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. In everything, not just in some things. We like to pick and choose what we want to obey. Like, um, I'm letting you go out until 10.30. Uh, can we push that to 11 o'clock? And then you won't come home until 2. I did that at least. Um, or they'll tell you to um, take a shower. Like after, while you're trying to play video games, you're like, I need you to go take a shower. You have family coming over. And you're like, just five more minutes, just five more minutes. And you just delay that and continue to play your video games. And then your family comes over and you're not showered yet. We don't like to obey our parents, especially when it comes to little things like that, listening to them and hearing what they have to say. We like to do our own things. But we have to obey our parents in everything. For this doesn't just please our parents as much as we want to be pleasing to our parents. This also pleases the Lord. Um, as a believer, we must be trying to please the Lord as, at all times, not just in some things, in everything as well. Um, so, obedience, oh, it's not just in some things, but in everything, and it doesn't just please the parents, but also pleases the Lord. So when our parents tell us something, it's for our own good, even if it seems unfair to us. How many of you guys think it's unfair for your parents to give you rules? A lot of us think it's unfair for parents to give us rules. <laughs> You're looking for your kids to be like, hey, I don't know if you're, <laughs> if you're raising your hand or not. But yes, a lot of the times it's unfair to the child. It, it seems unfair to us. But really it's not unfair to us because it's for our own good. Um, so obedience, when we think of obey your parents and everything, obedience comes with honoring. Honoring is not equal to I think it's greater than obedience because when you're thinking of honoring, obedience comes with that. So if we honor our parents, our obedience will come with it. Um, Billy Graham writes a great way on how to carry out this command. There's six steps. So these are things that we should be considering when we're thinking about honoring our parents and how to obey this command. First one, we have to pray for our parents. We don't do that enough because we're trying to pray for our own needs. We don't pray for them throughout their daily lives because we think they're set. Um, we really don't pray for our parents very often. We're praying for other people. We're praying for the unbelieving friends. Those are all good things, but the last on our list sometimes comes to our parents. Um, so we really need to put that on maybe some of our top priorities is our parents praying for them. Um, number two, keep on trying to help them even though that may be difficult at times. Um, helping them financially, helping them um, with food, with groceries, with paying the bills, whatever you can do to help them, even if it's difficult at times. We should all be striving to do those things. Model Jesus for them. That's our third one. 
model Jesus for them. If your parents are not believers and you are the believer in your family, I love this. I've said it on Tuesday. Sometimes you are the, Bible, the only Bible that some people will read. So your lifestyle may reflect the way that um, how people will see you. Um, so if you're modeling Jesus, they might be willing to come with you to church or they might be willing to accept Christ as their Lord. Um, you just really have to model Jesus for them. If they haven't become a believer or if they are believers or like baby Christians, you want to be a role model for them to continue to help them grow as well. Um, we'll do the same for you. If they continue to learn, they will help you grow as well. Number four, exercise restraint in front of them. This is probably one of the hardest ones for me because I like talking back. I like to be right sometimes. If I'm wrong, I'll try to find a way to be right. Um, a lot of people like to be like, I'm right, you're wrong. That's it. That's my way or the highway. Um, I'm definitely that way when it comes to arguments with my parents. I want to be right all the time. They're always wrong. But this is the hardest thing for me, um, maybe for some of you guys, to hold and restrain yourselves in front of them. If they're telling you something, really hold your tongue. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We really need to be like that around our parents. We have to exercise restraint in front of them. Number five, weep for them before the Lord, pouring your heart out to him on your behalf. We love our parents, right? We love them. We should be pouring our hearts out for them. A great example is Pastor Joe's mother. They showed love by um, sharing the gospel to her, by pouring their love out to her, and now she's a believer and been coming to this church for a while. And we've been praying for that for a long time. And she's Jamie's mom as well. She wanted me to point that out. Um, but yes, they weep for her. They prayed for her. They mourned for her, for her to come to a saving faith in Christ. Um, and it came into fruition. We should be weeping to the Lord on behalf of ourselves because we love our parents. And the last one, this is probably number two of the hardest ones, is forgiving them. A lot of us like to, when we're wrong, we'll run to our room, slam the door, bang, and then you can't forgive them anymore. You've lost the opportunity to forgive. It might come over down the line, but it should have happened right at that moment. Um, we need to be willing to forgive our parents and th the things that we've done wrong. And that's kind of, those are two, this rule of six is hard to follow, um, but it will definitely help us in improving our relationship with our parents. Um, let's turn to Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When we look at this proverb, we have to hold these instructions on our hearts and tie them around our necks. Whatever our parents are telling us should be the, is the benefit for our good. So if we hold these instructions in our hearts and we tie them around our necks, in, re in return, we receive guidance, we receive protection, teaching, and discipline. Four ingredients no one can live without. When we're growing up, they always provide us with guidance and telling us what to do and what not to do. They're providing us with protection, a house to live in or whatever school we're going to, they're providing us with that. Teaching, growing up, they're teaching you your ABCs, your numbers, your spelling, your shapes. They're always teaching you. And then lastly, discipline. If you're doing something wrong, they're going to tell you that you're doing something wrong and they'll discipline you about it. For Filipino families, that might be like a, a belt or a slipper. 
something like that kind of discipline, but it can also be like uh, words and discipline in that manner. Now, for those of you who say that this doesn't apply to me, well, sorry, it does. Even though you were once a child, you are still, a ch you are still children to your parents. For some, your parents may not be around anymore, but you are still a child. Not a child to a physical parent, but you are a child of the one true king. When we think we're children, we are all children if we believe in him. We've all become to a saving faith through him, and we have become children of God. We're not just a child to our parents, but through him we have become children of God. In Galatians 3.26, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God. Sorry. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Through faith in Christ Jesus we have become sons of him. Um, and that's a big role, big responsibility for us because we have to be living like we are a son of Christ through our lifestyle and through our action. Through faith in our Lord Christ Jesus, we have become children of God. I'm trying to refuse singing that song because I haven't sang all night tonight. Um, but we have a Heavenly Father that cares for us, that loves us, and we should also be living honorable lives before Him. Now, how does that look like? We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians 6, 18. If you need a hint, it's after 1 Corinthians. I had to pull up Pastor Joe, okay? I've got to use that. 2 Corinthians 6, 18. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. We really need to live like he is a father to us in obedience, in our lifestyle, in doing what he's called us to do. And in times that is hard because in us we still have a worldly flesh that wants to do things of this world. But we are changed. We are sons of God. We should be living a life that is holy and pleasing to him. And let's go to John 1.12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We really have to believe in our hearts that he is God and that we must repent and believe in his name. Then he has given us the right to become children of God. We are ch a child of the one true king and we have to be living like we are one of those children like if we were to represent our family as children, like if I was to represent a child of my mom and my dad, I'd want to be honorable to them and not speak so badly about them. Or even the whole villain wave of clan, we'll call it a clan, <laughs> uh, the villain wave of clan, that you want to be representing your family in the right light. You don't want anything like bad juju on, <laughs> on yourself. You want to be living holy and pleasing and honorable to your parents. Same with God, if you label yourselves as a Christian, we are little Christs, so we have to be living like we are Christians. We have to be holy and pleasing to him. So let's return to our prodigal son story in Luke 15. We're going to look at this last half. Let 
Luke fifteen seventeen through 24. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I will perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father's servant said to the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. What you see here is that he realizes he can't do it on his own, that he sinned against his father and against heaven. But look at what the father is doing. The father is waiting for you. Like we sang in O Come to the Altar, the Father's arms are open wide. We really have to be willing to turn ourselves around, turn from our sinly ways, our earthly ways, and run towards the Father. Like if we were to put this in our father-son relationship, our physical father-son relationship, our Father is always waiting there for us. They're waiting for us to return home. Um, some parents wait till their son opens the garage, and they're like, phew, I can finally sleep today. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen till later, but we really, they're always waiting for us to return home, even in times where you're just being rebellious. They're always waiting for us. They're always looking forward to our return home. For Filipinos, some, some of us can't even leave our parents' house as much as we want to get out of there. It's true, right? I'm not being, <laughs> this is honest, a lot, of, a lot of Filipinos want to stay home. They want to take care of their parents. And that's just our culture. But even though we want to get out of there. Um, but anytime you return home, there's a party waiting to happen. You see, they've they prepared the best for him. When we return home, they've always got the best for us, waiting for us. It's either going to be your favorite meal that you couldn't cook on your own, or it's going to be... Um, a hot shower waiting for you that you couldn't get anywhere else. It's just going to feel like home. It's the same with our Heavenly Father. He's awaiting our return to Him. Or He's waiting for us to fully surrender to Him and be with Him in His household. We have to be living fully surrendered lives to, towards Him and be honorable towards God as well as honorable towards our Father and our Mother here. Um, being fully surrendered to what they've been telling us all the time. So this is how we become honorable to our Heavenly Father. And he said to all, If any would, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We have to deny ourselves. That means not living like the way we want to live, but denying what our earthly flesh wants. We want to be honorable to God. We must deny ourselves. And we have to take up his cross daily and this goes back to the everything with everything. This is every day, daily. It doesn't come some days. It comes every day, 24 hours through the, throughout the week. Um, to follow him, you must be willing to sacrifice 
what your plans are, what your will is, um, because we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily. So we are made new in Christ, amen? So we have to be living like we are new creations, not participating in things of this world, but being fully confident in Christ. We said this on Wednesday, there's no more self-confidence in ourselves. There's also no independence for the Christian, but full dependence on God and his guidance in our lives. We want to live independently. We want to do our own things. We don't like the word or dependence because it seems weak to us. When we hear people that are dependent on their parents, we, when we hear people that are dependent on government help, stuff like that, when we hear people that are dependent, we think of them as weak. But as a Christian, we have to be fully dependent on God. We need dependence on him, and we need his guidance in our lives. We also need to stand out. We can't be acting like the world wants us to act. A lot of the Christians in the modern day assimilate to what the world is doing because they think that it'll attract them to them. Um, that's not what we should be doing. We don't have to be like the world to attract other believers. We should be standing out, living holy and blameless lives for believers to come to us and ask us, how, why are you so different? Why are you always so joyful? Why do you come into work happy? What do you have that I don't have? Why do I feel hopeless when you have all the hope? And that is an opening for us to share the gospel to people. Um, and that's a challenge for us to do. Um, as believers, our challenge, a challenge for us is to go out and share the gospel. That's another commandment for us to do. Go share the gospel to all nations. We really have to be willing to go do that. We need to stand out in the way that we live. We can't be assimilated to this world. Um, Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we need to be not conformed to this world, but we need to renew ourselves and really keep our eyes focused on Christ and what he's doing in our lives. Um, let's turn our Bibles to 1 John 3.10. I don't go as long as Pastor Joe's, so you should be blessed by that. You're not in for an hour and a half sermon. <laughs> Answered prayer. Answered prayer, yes. <laughs> so 1 John 3.10. Oh, here we go. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So for us to be seen as children of God, we need to be practicing righteousness. And that is just pursuing what God has called you to do, living how God wants you to live and obeying what he wants you to do. Um, and we really need to be willing and open to participating in that righteousness. And for me, loving your brother is not hard because I don't have a brother. I don't have a sister. But as a new creation in Christ, we have all become brothers and sisters. And I love all of you, I think. I'm just kidding. I love all of you. Um, we have to love one another. We have to love each other like a sibling, brotherly love. Um, and that will show us how we are different from the world. So if you run into another believer at, if you run into another believer in a, in a place, in a coffee shop, like I go, always go to, or in a grocery store, um, and they tell you you're a believer, you say, praise God, and you give them a big hug, and you say, um, you just want them to be doing the work that God has called them to do. Um, and that gives you encouragement. When you run into other believers that are 
participating or being Christ-like and they're not participating in this world, it gives you confidence. It makes you feel good. Um, and it, you can help in being an encouragement to other people as well. Be willing to share that um, life, that Christian life with other people that you interact with every day. So live righteous lives. Live lives that are holy and pleasing to him. For this is true worship for him. So let's turn to Romans 12.1. So we talked about Romans 12.2 about not conforming to this world. But I've been going through a study with our youth group. I can share a little bit about what we've been talking about in youth group. And we tackled a two-week study called Fully Devoted. And it talked about our worship and what true worship looks like um, in worshiping God. So if you look at Romans 12, 2, 12.1, sorry. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We have to be like this. We have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. No, we don't have to, like, sacrifice our bodies for um, what we think sacrifice would be, like blood and guts spilling everywhere, but really just being a holy and pleasing to him. Be a living sacrifice for Christ. If you're being persecuted, you're being blessed. You have to be in this mindset that I have to live for Christ all the time, 24-7. We have to be living for Christ. And presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, that should be our true form of worship. Worship doesn't just come on a Sunday. It should be 24-7. When we think of worship as just singing songs to him, raising our hands high, and we think we're worshiping fully, and then you go throughout the week and you're not worshiping God through your quiet time, through sharing the word, through prayer. We understand worship wrong. When we think of fully, full worship, being fully devo devoted to Christ, we have to think of it in this aspect, that this is our form of worship, to be living sacrifices for him, holy and, and, and acceptable to God. So, back to honoring our parents. When we talk about honoring our parents, these are seven, seven more things that we should be doing to honor our parents. So we need to value our parents' world. No matter how old they are, they are living in a world that is highly relevant and valuable to them. This world is valuable to them. I remember when my dad was taking care of my grandma, who's passed, um, he would actually drive to California to take care of her. Same with my grandpa. He would drive to California, we would drive as a family to go take care of um, my grandma. My dad was a good steward to being an honorable child because he was always taking care of them. Um, even how old she got, he, re he recognized that his, father, his mother was in need and used that as a tool to drive him towards taking care of the mother. And they're living in a world that's relevant to them. As much as it's changing and is relevant to the youth nowadays, it's still relevant to you guys. And you value this world very much. Like, this is the world we live on, and this is how we should be living our lives, to share the gospel to this world. And we need to respect that as children of you guys. Um, we have to respect our parents' age. Don't mock their limitations and inabilities. Love them in, that, in it. My dad's another good example for this. Although I played, I played a lot of sports, and I would say, I wouldn't say this, but I was thinking my dad's like too old to do this now. Like he can't throw a ball anymore, he can't hit a golf ball anymore. Like I thought he was too old, but I need to respect my parents' age. 
Um, even though they have limits or they're, they feel like they're getting old so their bodies can't function anymore, you have to love them in that. We can't just be mocking them because they can't do anything anymore, especially for those who are getting sore in the limbs. I'm, I feel like an old man because my back is hurting. Um, but I also hurt my hip on a mission trip, so Jamie called me Gramps for a while. So I have the experience of being old, and please don't mock me or limit me. <laughs> mock my inabilities to do stuff. Um, but really love me in that, and same with your parents. If your parents feel old, really love them in that. Be beside them. If they're having limitations, really help them out. Don't just make fun of them. Be there to help them out. Because a lot of them can't carry the groceries from the car to the house, or it's too heavy for them. So might as well use your young body to help them do that, because we all have bodies that can do that. Um, model your parents' godly attributes. You know the many things they said and did that simply bless your life, so go and do likewise. and honors them and the Lord. Besides, if it blessed you, just think how much it will bless their grandchildren. For those of you who, are, who have grandchildren and your parents are taking care of them, how much they have blessed you, they will show that same love to your grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren yet. My mom is waiting for that. Um, but I know when I do, if and when I do, um, my mom will take good care of them. Same with all the mothers here. Um, you having a grandmother in their lives and them the same honor they showed to you, you should show the same honor to them. Because um, they will bless your grandchildren tremendously. Protect your parents' individual dignity the older they become, the more they will cherish your hedge of protection. Remember, they protected you when you were just starting out. They've grown up with you. Like, literally, they were by your side since day one. They gave birth to you. <laughs> they were with you since day one. I know some parents have gone astray or aren't involved in your, um, in your life, and I'm sorry for that. But they're still your parents. Um, so we really need to remember to to watch for them, respect their individual dignity. They protected you. We have to show the same to them. Fulfill your parents' essential joy. Make it your business to find out what gives them joy. Sometimes it's as simple as a regular phone call. And please answer their calls. It makes their day. When, I don't know if you get phone calls anymore, but text messages from your mom, from your dad, worrying about you. You're like, oh, another one of these things mute, do not disturb. You want to be fulfilling your parents' joy. If they want to talk to you, might as well just pick up the phone and say, I want to talk to, they talk to them. It's not going to take that long. Phone calls don't last past three hours anymore like they used to. They're like, quicks, hey, what are you doing? Okay, good, bye. So um, if, if they hear your voice or if you're gone for a long time, they will be happy to hear that you're still doing well. Um, so fulfill your parents' essential joy. Provide your parents' basic needs. Make certain you are not feasting at the king's table while your precious parents are living on cans of baked beans. And by the way, make sure they are eating right. Our parents are really well, you can see in myself, that I'm well fed. I got this thing. Um, we really need to, as we grow older and our parents continue to age as well, we have to be providing for their basic needs. We can't just be feeding ourselves all the time. We have to be taking care of our parents. It's really easy in our culture to do that because our parents are always around, but sometimes they're not. We have to be willing to go and hang out with them and feed them, if they're, especially if they're struggling. 
and it might not be fair to us because we have our own priorities that we want to get to. Like if you guys work, you have work to do. You have other things that you have planned ahead. For me, a lot of ministry work, I got to put my ministry ahead of my parents sometimes. And that might not be the right attitude for me to do. Um, I should be honoring my parents and making sure that I'm not just feeding myself, but also giving that same feeding to them. And lastly, just do it. Honor your God-given responsibility to just honor your parents in this way. God said it. You will be so glad you did. So with all these, to be an honorable child, it's really important for us to be honoring our parents, to live honorable lives to him, towards them, and not just our physical parents here on earth, but also our Heavenly Father. We really need to be living holy, blameless lives that are fully sacrificed to God, and we really need to be honoring our parents in that because this command does come with a promise. It's the first command that comes with a promise that we need to be honoring our parents that we can live long-lasting lives here. Um, so hopefully you guys can take a little nugget out of here. Even if you don't think you're a child, you're still a child, a child of the one true king. If your parents are still alive, give them a phone call, give them a hug, say I love you, because that really can cheer them up. Um, for those of you, um, for those who, whose, father, whose fathers weren't around or their mothers weren't around, um, think of a fatherly figure and treat him in that way as well. There's a lot of fatherly figures here. There's a lot of motherly figures here that you can look up to and towards and be respectful and honorable to them because they really deserve it. Um, and I, as a rebellious kid, through studying, through learning this, really opened my eyes to be like, hey, you need to be honorable to your parents. You can't be talking back to them. You can't be rebelling towards them. Even though I'm 23, young, 23, um, I like to live rebellious, but they're still my parents. I'm still a child to them. I think it comes with consequences to be an only child, but the good thing about being an only child is that you get all the blessings, that you get all the favoritism, that you get fed, that you get literally everything. Um, there's perks of being an only child, but for all of you guys that are children, be honorable to your parents. Easier said than done. Um, and same for us that with our Heavenly Father, be honorable and pleasing to Him. So with that, let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time that we get to um, just be here and hear your word. I thank you so much for using me as your tool and your vessel to um, say these words to these people here, God. We pray that we can all live honorably to our parents, um, especially to you, God, that we can honor you with our lives and with how we live, and that's holy and pleasing to you, God. We pray that we can all honor our parents, be respectful to them, and bring honor to them in all things that we do, not just in some things, God. We pray that you just watch us, watch over us, protect us as we go out tonight. Um, we thank you in all things, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. That's the end of today's message. If you want to support our mission of reaching many others through this podcast, help grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.